Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for re-downloading and retuning into The Other Identity, your favorite podcast out there in the multiverse. I am the Great Landis, and along with me, as always, Professor Awesome. Hello, it is me, Professor Awesome. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to start things out this week, so that just uh, yeah, apparently awkward, awkward as possible. <laughs> awkward as possible. How are you doing, Robbie? Uh, I am doing great. I'm really excited about today's show. Uh, this is the first show that we're actually going to have multiple guests on. Yeah, uh, instead of just one. So we will get to that in. You due could almost time. say we have a core of guests today. <laughs> you could indeed. <laughs> say that yeah but you wouldn't no yeah but you did so it's out but there I did. Now. here we are yeah uh so ben what have you been reading before we get into it let's 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 talk a little bit about each other here yeah please so <laughs> i actually wanted to focus on the fact that i wrapped up this week something i've been working on so i i, I read quote unquote new dc comics on dc universe much like i think you do robbie so in addition to doing our rebirth challenge there are a couple titles that I've been trying to get even a little bit more ahead on. And one of the ones I've been jumping ahead on is, uh, is obviously flash. And a while ago on the show, we read that big anniversary issue and I've read some of the Wally West stuff that's come out, but there was a storyline that, uh, just the complete run just went on DC universe of flash year one, um, which is kind of a retelling of the, Barry Allen origin story by Joshua Williamson, who's been writing Flash for years, and I think he actually just wrapped up his Flash run, and then drawn by Howard Porter, who's kind of a classic Flash artist, and I just finished it last week. It's super fun. It's really great, and I just it kind of encapsulated for me this full circle turn I've done with Barry Allen mm -hmm. that I've really been able to embrace. And I know we've talked about this before, but I've really been able to embrace why Barry Allen is such a great character. And I feel like for so many years, I saw it as it had to be either Wally or Barry. And I was so fiercely loyal to Wally that I just never gave Barry a chance. And I just, in a larger sense, stories like these, the TV show, and a lot of the other stuff we've, we've checked out over the last few months, it's made me really happy that, I am now just a Flash fan, and that's Barry, Wally, Jay Garrick, Bart Allen, whoever. I just love this family of characters that is the Flash, and I, I'm just, it's, it's kind of a happy coda to me that I've been able to welcome Barry into my, <laughs> my Flash fandom mm -hmm. and not have to lose anything to do that. So it was just, it was a very feel good story for me. Well, you're welcome. And I'm glad that I could have started you on that. Totally. Story. It's yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent credit to you. Uh, so I've, uh, uh, I've started to get back into the rebirth challenge. I do still have some Marvel stuff that I want to start reading, including Kelly Thompson's black widow. Um, but I did finally start back into the rebirth reading list, uh, part two and, uh, which begins with Superman, uh, 26 through 31. And, and this was really interesting because I, I'm not really sure where a lot of these stories left off, but immediately jumping back into Superman 26 is a story uh, that involves both Sinestro and Parallax coming back. Oh, wow. And Superman okay. has to go up against them. So, so to suddenly see Clark put up not even against Sinestro because, you know, Par Parallax jumps in into Superman and Sinestro wants Parallax back. So they're not really fighting each other per se, but ju just to get to see some of this interaction between Superman and, and Sinestro was just really, really interesting. And unfortunately, it just lasted one one issue, uh, which which left me wanting so much more. 
Um, and then uh, the uh, the issue directly after that uh, is now featuring Lois trying to go after uh, Deathstroke, trying to get uh, uh, do an expose on on Slade Wilson. And it's just I don't know. It's it's really cool to have suddenly jumped back into this, not really remembering what the big giant overall story arcs were, and getting to see character interactions that you normally wouldn't get to see it's it's, it's some of the best things uh, uh just in comics overall you know we talked last week about how great it is to see captain america just randomly pop up mm-hmm. in people's comics like i'm here to help out you know let's go you know kick some button stuff but uh i'm just i'm, I'm really enjoying getting back uh into rebirth that's awesome. I, uh, I look forward to getting to those in a few years. <laughs> That's right. All right, guys, uh, stay tuned, sit tight, because coming up next, we have two special guests. We're going to talk a little bit about Green Lanterns, the core as a whole, and then eventually talk about what we expect and what we hope to come out of the Green Lantern HBO Max series. That's coming up next. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, we have an unprecedented outbreak. Thousands of us walking the earth. We might die at any moment. Because we're under attack. In which case, we must act fast. Doctors are trying their best. Working long hours and... Always sacrificing. Their health to protect you. Well, I'd very much like to thank them. Thanks, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Wait a minute. What's the prognosis? It's still changing. So we have a novel virus and no vaccine at this time. What should we do? We gotta get everybody else back into the houses. We gotta keep them there. In other words, this is our lockdown, right? What that means is stay in your homes. Make no attempt to reach loved ones. And take a long nap. You can count me out. You can count me out, too. Some people are immune to good advice. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Those idiots. I just need to make sure you fully understand. Let's recap. I'm begging you. Stay inside. Wash your hands. And make sure you've got 10 feet of personal space around you. Stay away from me. Stay away from me. Uh-uh-uh. I didn't hear you wash your hands. So think on this, lads. When you're home watching TV. Think about the medical stuff. Working for you. So I'm asking you. Stay home. I'm in isolation. Just stop the virus. All right, I'll do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You stay classy, planet Earth. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As always, thank you so much for downloading The Other Identity. And if you haven't yet this week, reach out to that friend that you've been trying to get to download and listen to the episode and harass them some more. Uh, but without further ado, we're going to get right into today's main topic. And I'm actually going to let Ben take it away here because we have two very special guests for him to introduce. Super excited to welcome two good friends of mine and two uh, podcast extraordinaires, veterans. They had their own show hard traveling fanboys for several years they have since hung up the mic and uh i don't know you guys are living nicely in retirement but <laughs> we're having a uh we're having a green I don't know about living nicely we're living uh, but i don't know about nicely. Living. uh we're having a green lantern round table today so who better to welcome to the show than greg phillips and nick duke gentlemen welcome to the other identity thanks ben uh happy to to hear your voice again it's been some time and uh nick and i as he mentioned we're 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 living uh to we're trying to achieve a high level of mediocrity in life as we did on our show which ran for 200 consecutive episodes making it the longest running, longest running weekly, weekly episodic, episodic comic book comic podcast, podcast in, in all place to be nation glad well, you guys can get that one in just so yep. that you are aware this is episode 37 so we're coming for you yeah we're coming for you oh geez but we missed a week in september so don't worry about it oh, doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> the streak lives baby 
<laughs> well, listen, the reason we wanted to have you guys on today, besides you being just two fine, upstanding gentlemen, was with all the talk recently of what's going to be happening with HBO Max Green Lantern show, details that seemingly have been in the works for years that are finally coming to light, we want to talk about the latest news. But before we do that, I wanted to get a little background from you guys on your Green Lantern fandom. You are two of the biggest Green Lantern fans I know. And I guess I wanted to hear, because even though I've, I've, you've covered it on your show, but for our listeners, I will start with Nick. How did you get into Green Lantern? Yeah, so I'll tell the story as uh, quickly and efficiently as I can. Uh, like you said, I've, I've told it a few times other places. I didn't really start getting into comics themselves until probably like my sophomore year of high school. And that was primarily through the Ultimate Universe in Marvel. Yes. Uh, trade, trade paperbacks at the local uh, Books a Million or Barnes & Noble because in, the, in rural Alabama, uh, access to single-issue comics was virtually non-existent. Like to call it sparse or rare would be a compliment to sparse and rare. And then my senior year of high school, we finally got a comic shop that opened up an hour away from where I lived. And I started making the drive over there. And at that time, it was just ultimate single issues. And I would pick up Batman and Detective Comics from DC. And that was the only DC I was reading. So I go for my freshman year of college to Troy, Alabama, to Troy University in Troy, Alabama. And then when I come back home, uh, my after my freshman year, the break between my freshman and sophomore years, one of my best friends from high school was going to school at Full Sail in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And down there, they have a place called A Comic Shop, which is pretty well known in the in the comic shop market. And that summer, uh, Sinestro Core War uh, one shot, the special right. kicked it all off. Uh, Ethan Van Skyver was doing a signing down there. And to say nothing of Ethan Van Skyver's personal politics, we'll leave that <laughs> off to the side. But anyway, my buddy brought back home this signed copy of Sinestro Core War number one. And I was over at his house one day and I was like, hey, what's this? He was like, oh, it's pretty good. You should read it. And so the very first Green Lantern book I ever read was a signed copy wow. of Sinestro Core War number one. Uh, I read it and I instantly the next week went to my comic shop. I was like, I don't know what this is, but I want this. And so <laughs> he hooked me up with everything I needed. You know, uh, I think by that point, maybe the first two issues of both Green Lantern and Green Lantern Core as part of Sinestro Core War were out. So I had a little bit of catch up to do. But from that point on, uh, I've been a Green Lantern. I was a Green Lantern reader, followed the Jeff Johns run every single issue from there on out. And then went back, of course, and read Rebirth and uh, the first couple of volumes after the fact. And since then, it's been pretty much pretty much one of my more passionate fandoms and comics. Greg, similar story or completely different? Uh, a little bit different. Um, my very first comic book I ever read was uh, an, an issue of Superman uh, during John Byrne's run that had Hal Jordan featured in it. I think it was Superman number 14, maybe. It was from uh, 1988. And it was, uh, I believe it was part of the Millennium crossover, perhaps. And, and the cover was uh, Superman and the Green Lantern flying through what looked to be a bunch of geometry spheres or something uh, that you would see in a high school classroom. And it was kind of interesting to me. And and so I read a few Green Lantern comic books when I was a kid, um, mainly random stories like, uh, uh, you know, Hal Jordan fighting Sonar or stuff like that. And then um, I read Emerald Twilight. Uh, when that came out and <clears throat> then I didn't really care about Green Lantern for a long time after that and never really took to the Kyle Rayner character. And so I was kind of out of the fandom for a long, long time. And when I came back to reading comics when I was in college, similar to Nick in that regard, um, it was Green Lantern Rebirth in 2004, I believe, that uh, the, the ads started coming out for that. And I was like, hey, that's Hal Jordan. They're bringing Hal Jordan back. Yeah. The Green Lantern. 
so I was like, well, I've got to check this out. I've got to see what this is. Because uh, I remembered him from when I was a kid. I was like, oh, how was a big deal um, when I was a kid? And uh, and more importantly to me, are they bringing back the Green Lantern Corps, the whole concept of it? I knew nothing about Jeff Johns. I knew nothing about Ethan Van Skyver or any of the artists uh, that would be involved in years to come in Green Lantern. I just knew that I remembered Hal Jordan. Uh, and I've always thought the concept of Green Lantern was cool. This magical uh, ring that can do anything that is only limited by your imagination and your willpower. Um, so I, I gave it a shot and I thought rebirth number one was at that time, one of the best comic books I had ever read. And so I was like, I was hooked and yeah. instantly immersed in this grandiose mythology that would go on to become my favorite mythology in all comics. So building on that right from there, what is it about green lantern that stands out to you guys? Like I, I obviously you've talked a little bit, this is how I got into green lantern, but why, why does Green Lantern have something over, say, Superman, Spider-Man, et cetera? And I know you guys are fans of other characters, but what makes Green Lantern special? And Greg, we'll start with you this time. To me, I think there are several things. I think the concept of the core is the biggest thing that separates it. Because the Green Lantern core is sort of unique among, it's not, it's not a superhero team. It's not even a, an alien race. It is literally almost an infinite amount of possibilities of characters and species and races and creeds. And uh, there's, there's no limit to it. There's someone for everyone. There, there's, if you if somebody says they don't have a favorite Green Lantern, they just haven't read enough of them because there's going to be some character in the Green Lantern mythos that connects with you because they are so widespread and diverse aliens, humans, etc. Uh, it's just such an awesome concept that anyone can join if they if they meet these certain criteria if they're if they're uh, able to overcome great fear any anyone of any size shape etc can become a Green Lantern and I always w- thought that was great whenever I would pick up a random Green Lantern comic and I'd see Kilowog or I'd see Medfil or I'd see uh, Tomar Ray or name the character and and just see them interacting with Hal Jordan as sort of equals in this. Um, planetary or intergalactic police force uh there was the concept of the ring itself as i mentioned earlier limited only by your willpower and your imagination and it can do anything um you can use it as an instrument of violence you can use it as an instrument of justice as an instrument of defense um it it was just such an interesting and cool power set and then costume design was fantastic pretty much all the green lanterns have amazing costumes um which appeals to you visually when you're a kid. And to me, it's like, I've always described it to other people when I'm trying to get them into Green Lantern. It's like, it's like a combination of Star Wars and Lord of the Rings with a little bit of James Bond thrown in. <laughs> and it's, it's like, it, it's, to me, it's the most unique and interesting mythos in comics because you can do anything with it. You can tell any kind of story with it. Nick, same question to you. I mean, pretty much a lot of the same things that Greg said, but just to build off that a little bit, I mean, just visually, think about, you know, Superman has Metropolis, and yes, he does, uh, he goes other places and does other things, Batman with Gotham, kind of the same thing, Green Lantern can really go anywhere and be anything in terms of the story, you can take it to any kind of locale and tell any kind of story, and the, the amount of variety you can find within a fully fleshed out Green Lantern concept, it really is like its own universe within the larger DC universe. It takes that idea of DC cosmic and does it in the best possible way, in my opinion. But also, 
from an inspirational standpoint, we talk about how the idea of, you know, Batman can be anybody, Batman's a symbol, or pick your other hero, it can be a symbol. You know, Green Lantern can literally be anyone, anybody. These are people who never expected that this power was going to find them, and the ring chose them just because of some, you know, internal quality they possess. So it's just the variety in, in, in visual storytelling, and then also, like Greg said, the, the core is just such a great concept. I mean, if you love legacy characters, the core is legacy taken to the next degree, in my opinion. It's, it's just, it is the best thing about the Green Lantern concept is the core itself. And I'm sure we'll get into this. It's why the Kyle Rayner era of Green Lantern is my least favorite era. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question before we pivot a little bit to talk about the TV show. And I'm gonna throw a curveball at you guys. Um, we always, part of the show is we, we, we like to recommend to people, if you haven't read about this character, this concept, what can get you in? And I want you guys to both recommend an essential Green Lantern story, but the caveat is it can't be Rebirth. So it's got to be something other than Rebirth. And I'll go back to Nick first. What's what's your favorite Green Lantern story that's not Rebirth? Okay, so I'll give you I'll give you two. I'll give you one that's Jeff Johns, but it's not Rebirth. And okay. I would say a great place to start is uh, Secret Origin. I mean, obviously, okay. if you're going to start anyway, Secret Origin is a great place to start. Kind of retelling a lot of that stuff that was done in Emerald Dawn by Gerard Jones uh, back in the 90s, kind of putting his own spin on it and, and updating it for a modern audience. But I'll give you kind of a, a weirder, more niche one to go back to like my love of the core. Steve Englehart in the 80s wrote a Green Lantern core book that was just like, it was Hal and John and Guy and Kilowog and I believe Tomar Ray and Chip and they were all living on Earth and just kind of having like wacky misadventures and arguing with one another and like it was a borderline comedy book which sounds like it wouldn't work but it totally totally did uh there's a there's an issue in particular where like i believe they're celebrating new years or something at this compound and guy uses his ring to alter the water supply and turn it alcoholic so that all the green lanterns get drunk and so like chip is like slurring and talking about how much he misses his home world and he and kilowog are like crying together in the corner and then, like, Hal and Aresia are putting the moves on each other, which is super inappropriate. Super I mean, it's just it's, it's just a great, like, the whole thing just distilled the characters down, nailed the dynamics, and showed you that Green Lantern, you know, you've got the Jeff Johns run, which is epic and grandiose, but can also be kind of fun and smaller and a little silly at times. So I'll say that entire Englehart run on Green Lantern Corps from the 80s. That's a great suggestion. Uh, good little deep cut there. All right, Greg, why don't you wrap up this segment with your recommendation for a non-rebirth Green Lantern story? I mean, I think the easy answer would be Sinestro Core War because I think <laughs> it's the best comic book crossover I've ever read. Um, it's a, it is something is all action. Like Nick said, it hooked him. He didn't know anything. I, I think that it's weird because I think it's a story that is, it's made that much better if you've been reading everything leading into it. But as a standalone, it's just such a cool standalone story i mean if you follow dc at all you know you're going to recognize some of these characters superboy prime the anti-monitor cyborg superman whoever it may be uh and to see them all come together as this super villain alliance and take on the green lanterns and it also gives all the lanterns a chance to shine everyone gets a, sh a chance in that story so whether you're a kyle guy a john guy a guy guy or a hal <laughs> guy all of them have a chance to have big moments in that story and it kind of does a great job of showing you what makes these characters special. So that would be kind of the, the easy selection for me. And if you're going to just pick up one comic book that you may never have read uh, and it's Green Lantern related, just one story, I would say uh, Alan Moore's Mogo Doesn't Socialize mm. uh, is a 
is a story that anyone should be able to pick up and love. Great call. All right. Well, that's a little background on Green Lantern, the comic book. But when we come back on the other side, let's talk about Green Lantern, the television series coming to HBO Max. We're excited and we've got a roundtable convened to talk about it. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team. Or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships, and we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back, everybody, to our Green Lantern episode. We're actually, not our first one. We've talked about Green Lantern no. a few times now, but yeah. uh, you know this 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 idea of the HBO Max Green Lantern show has been around for a while, even before it was officially announced. Rumors have been swirling. But a few weeks ago, uh, from Variety, we actually got a little bit of a better look into some plot details uh, about it. So I'm going to go over those real quick, and then we're going to talk about you know what we think about these and what what we hope to see out of the show here. So, according to Variety, the show will depict the adventures of a multitude of lanterns. They specifically name Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Boz, and Alan Scott. Uh, The series will also include fan favorites such as Sinestro and Kilowog, and will introduce new heroes into the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. And then finally... Uh, HBO Max's head of uh, original content said that we're in the early stages of talking to Berlante about it, but he did say that the series so far is going to span several decades and focus on the origin story of two major Green Lanterns of Earth, while going into the story uh, or going into the story in space of a Green Lantern favorite character of Sinestro. So uh, let's go ahead and start with you, Nick. You know, hearing this, uh, what is it that you expect out of this Green Lantern series? Um, I think, you know, going back to, I, I mentioned Emerald Dawn and Secret Origins earlier, uh, a lot of those touch on the foundation of seeing Sinestro as not just a Green Lantern, but arguably the greatest Green Lantern of them all. That's really the tragedy of his story, is seeing how just how far he fell. And so hearing that Sinestro is in this, I am hoping for a heavy dose of Secret Origin and Emerald Dawn influence with a little bit of that, uh, I believe the story is Tigers, if you remember that Alan Moore story where... Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Sinestro goes and is tempted by these um, by the five the, the five inversions on his malts. I think that that was the the specifics of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm way more excited about the Sinestro flashback aspect of it with a, a good bit of Guy Gardner thrown in there too. It's hard to hard to beat that. After all, Guy is the greatest Green Lantern of them all. So <laughs> hoping for a heavy Guy focus Thanks. and uh, you know some more some some great Sinestro reveals. And I'll be interested to see. You know, they've already said on HBO Max. I think that um. That Gotham, uh, the Gotham PD show is going to tie into the movie, and Matt Reeves is going to be overseeing it. I'm interested to see if Hal and John are kind of being saved for the movie, and if there's going to be some crossover between the movie and the and the TV show. I'm 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 intrigued to see if DC can finally get this idea of a shared universe fully off the ground, which they kind of haven't to this point. All right, so Greg, what about you? Same question. What are your expectations based on what we've heard so far? My expectation is that uh, I am going to be both a nervous wreck and just, you know, uncontrollably excited for months, the months leading into this show. Uh, my excitement for the Green Lantern movie was so high. Oh. I don't think anyone can describe it. And, and then it happened and then it was, it was devastating. But the, this series, everything that we're hearing anyway, uh, is everything I want to hear. I focus on the core, which has never really been done, never even been attempted 
um, and a focus a focus on a multitude of lanterns is exactly the right way to go with a TV series. That's what you should do. There's way too many lanterns to just focus on one. Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, I think is going to be awesome oh, on this show. Yes, I'm so excited. She's such a great character, and and the fact that you've got all these other lanterns, Kilowog and Sinestro, I totally agree with Nick. They need to focus on Sinestro. We need to see him as a hero so that right. it will mean more when he's a villain. And so that's pretty much what my my hope and expectation is that we get that. And the other big thing here, and I can't stress this enough, I am hoping for an outlandishly large budget mm. because one thing that the movie showed me is that you can't do a Green Lantern movie or Green Lantern TV property and live action without fully investing in the CGI because yeah. uh, you don't want it to look corny and you don't want it to look uh, fake. And um, that's something that I'm hoping that uh, HBO and Warner Brothers really invest heavily on, uh, even more so than the acting really is. I, I want to make sure that these effects don't look corny because Green Lantern should look as awesome as it does in the comic books. Well, look, if they're, hey, Gre- if they're hey, Gre- willing to give 20 to $30 million for the Snyder Cut, I think they can probably cut a decent-sized check for the Green Lanterns. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one other thing, as little Earth as possible. Like, yes, I agree. Lean that. into what makes Green Lantern different because that was one of the failings of the movie is the whole thing takes place on Earth, basically, except for like one training sequence. Mm-hmm. Lean into the cosmic aspect of it. So, Ben, what about you? Hearing what we've heard, you know, are, are you excited for this? Do you have any uh, any confidence in the fact that they'll be able to to do this justice? Because I feel like, especially recently, you know, when we look both to uh, the silver screen as well as the small screen, DC's record is, is kind of a little, a little shoddy. It's pretty hit or miss. Uh, I do think that, you know, looking at CW, they're, they're really good at making superhero teams. And as we've pointed out, uh, the, the core is like ready-made for that. But uh, what are your expectations for it? My expectations are high because I think this is a different medium than DC has ever attempted before. And what I mean by that is a movie is is tough, especially with something like Green Lantern. Greg kind of hit on it. It's tough to get the Green Lantern mythology into a two, three hour movie. But even looking at the CW, like that is that's a very specific kind of show. Sure. And as much of a fan as I am of Arrow, Flash, etc., Green Lantern, I don't think would have worked in that CW model. Um, For one thing, as Greg said, they don't have the level of effects, but I also just think the maturity of storytelling is not quite there. HBO and kind of the idea of prestige television, because I do believe this is going to be prestige television. It's not just going to be a normal series. I think really allows you to explore the depth that these guys have talked about uh, in our previous segment of just how much there is to Green Lantern. Um, And I think there's really going to be a lot of creative and visual latitude to try different things. I'm very excited. It's funny. Guy Gardner has always been my favorite Lantern, but I'm actually more excited that they're doing something with Jessica and Simon just because I think there's, we've never seen that before. We've seen so many stories about all the other Lanterns. There's, there's so much to do with these relatively newer characters and they're somewhat blank slates, but Involving Alan, involving Kilowog, and like these guys said, involving Sinestro, it seems like they're making all the right moves. I like that this has been in development for a long time because it feels like they're taking the time to do it right. And I think if if approached right, this could be the biggest swing that DC has ever taken. So there's no margin for error. Um, take your time, cast the right people, do the right work with the effects, but 
I my my expectations are admittedly higher than they've been for a lot of DC projects on this one. Well, I hope they don't let you down. All right, final question. Uh, now, obviously, they haven't mentioned Hal Jordan at all, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not going to be in here. But when they talk about, you know, looking back at the multitude of lanterns, you know, they're talking about looking at the origins and the history of it. Do you think that they can do this without including Hal Jordan in the first season? Yes, I, I think so. Um, because it, you, I think you can allude to Hal. I, I get the impression that uh, some of this series will take place in the past and some of it will take place in the future and some of it in the present. I think there will be uh, allusions to both Hal and John, I would imagine. Um, but I do think the, the Green Lantern concept can survive uh, with anyone as the focus because there are just so many of them and so many have been the main characters. Even um, even Hal with and, a Sinestro taking a big role, you think you can tell his his downfall without Hal? I don't think you can tell his full down downfall without Hal, and I don't think they will. I actually, maybe this is part going into my hopes for it, I feel like Sinestro may be introduced on the series and fleshed out in the movie it, whenever that happens. And so I think that we may very well see how Jordan get assigned to Sinestro on the series, which then leads into the movie uh, of maybe some of what we see there. I do um, think there's a lot of road you can cover before you get to that, mm-hmm. though. Like, like Absolutely. You, I think the way Nick said, you want to see Sinestro as a hero before you see him as a villain. And his whole heroic career all takes place before he ever meets Hal Jordan. So I think you yep. can have years of him doing incredible stuff. And then it's going to mean even more when he meets Hal Jordan for the first time. Cause you know that this character you've come to love is now taking the turn that you've, you've always dreaded. What about you, Nick? Yeah. I mean, I think you can absolutely do it. I mean, we talk about uh, Jessica and Simon, how they're going to be involved in this. I mean, I think a, an easy way to do it would be to set up this parallel across timelines where you have the partnership of Simon and Jessica, which, get, which, which is getting a big focus in the uh, present-day storyline, do a partnership in the latter-day storyline. What about Avin Sur and Sinestro kind of detailing that story of uh, Avin Sur's paranoia that kind of led him to not trust his ring, as we all know, why, why, which is why it was found in the uh, in the crashing ship. Tell that story, and then you can easily dovetail that into the movie if you're going to have Hal, and, and, and I'm, we're, I guess we're all assuming Hal and John in the movie based on what little we know about that. So... Yeah, I mean, I think you can do it. Um, I don't know that you can do the full downfall, but you can absolutely give this character of Sinestro some backstory and help the audience to attach themselves to him so that they feel that downfall when eventually we do see it in whatever form it takes. And it has that much more of an emotional punch. All right, well, uh, we're definitely all looking forward to it. No idea how long it's going to be until we get to experience it. Uh, But regardless, that's going to be all that we have today on The Other Identity. Uh, Nick, Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, our pleasure. Thanks for having us on, guys. It's been a while since we've been behind the uh, microphone, so it's been nice to come out and talk about uh, one of our favorite comic book concepts, that of Green Lantern. You haven't lost this stuff. Oh, that was outstanding. It felt like about the length of a standard HTF intro. So this is nice. <laughs> nice and efficient. This is what I'm talking about. That's how we get things done here on The Other Identity. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Please tell your friends about us. Follow us on social media. And tune in next week. Same Other Identity time. Same Other Identity channel.